0: bit about um, last week and some of what we talked about, you know, the idea of, um, you know, there is, a, there is an arrogance that, uh, that comes along with being human first, but there's an arrogance that comes along with um, when I'm not a Christian and I know and I'm pushing against that and then I'm going to tell everybody else, you know, kind of thing. And that's so I was talking about Bill Maher last week and some of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you understand that it, when Scripture says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That doesn't mean just the Christians. You understand that means every human ever created. We will all be standing there together in front of the throne. And, and when God reveals his glory, I believe I believe what he at some level and I, I, I can't the Scripture doesn't exactly explain this. But at, but at some level, the every knee will bow is a moment in time. It's not just everybody that comes before him, you know, a genuflex kind of thing. But, but there's a moment in time. So I think what's going on there is somehow God's glory is not revealed. He hasn't, um, he hasn't um, revealed himself at some level with this. And then he does. And then every single human being ever created, ever um, all the babies that never made it to, uh, to physical life outside the womb, everything. Every human being will bow before the king, bow before the God of everything. That's, a, that's an amazing picture. I, I do believe there's still going to be, um, well, I'm not going to bow but it but it says every single knee will bow. I wrote a worship song years ago. I don't think I've ever sang it here. I may have, maybe a long time ago, but about that scripture, about that part of scripture. And that 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 even the even the most defiant people will bow before God. Because why? Because God makes them? Jedi Mind trick? What's the, what's the reason? <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's the amazing glory of God, His holiness, His transcendence. Is that me too? You shivered. Yeah, cool oh, I'm shivering because of the Lord, but whatever. <laughs> we I'm, I'm going to try it a little bit, Mike, and see what happens. For some reason, this thing has been messing up this last week, week and a half. But um, I think what it is is I've let too many unanointed people use it. So, um, but, but think about that moment when you can't help. You can't do anything but bow. You can't do anything. In fact, I don't even necessarily know that the way it's described, every knee will bow. We see that as like, like going down on one knee, like at the football games, or maybe both knees or whatever. I really don't think that's what it is. I, I've been in these moments in my life. And this is what I, I really want to push to us and encourage us with this. If you've been around here a while, I say this three or four times a year. But I, I want to push you and encourage you. Get on your face before God. Yes. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. Every single human will say that he is Lord. That's, I can't wait for that moment. Think how powerful that moment's going to be. So, so here's the encouragement is, um, think about what it means to, to just literally get on your face before God. I don't mean like kneel at an altar or chair or something like that, but just get on your face before God. I've, ha- I've had many different times over my life when, when I'm praying and I'm really just seeking God and the, and the presence of God and the power of the Holy Spirit just so overcomes me the limitedness of my physicality that I, I just, I can't do anything but just lay on the ground. Just weeping before God, just lay on the ground. I, and, I, and I had a guy years ago, I was, I was a youth pastor and he was about the same age as me. And, and he said, he was talking about, he always talked about carpet bombing, that was his term. It means fighting spiritual warfare by praying. Um, so you get on your face before God on the carpet and you bomb the, the kingdom of hell. And, um, and he said, sometimes, sometimes don't you want to crawl under the carpet? I thought, yes. God is so big and so majestic that I can't get low enough. I can't get submitted enough. I can't surrender enough. I don't have anything else to surrender. He's, I mean, think about this. What can you hand to God? What can you surrender to him that he's like, oh, I've been waiting for that? What, what can you... What can you give to him that he goes, man, I've been, that's what I've been needing. I mean, even us, I get that. Yes, he wants us, and I get that. I understand that scripturally, but sometimes I don't understand that cognitively because what am I to him? Who am I to him? I'm nothing to him. Now, I get it. I understand. I'm not saying theologically. I get it. I'm, I'm, I am the center of his... Of his uh, the crucifixion, all that. He did that for me. I get that. I'm a center of that. I'm, I'm, I'm his heartbeat. I get all of that. But no, it's only from his perspective. I don't understand it sometimes from my perspective. And sometimes I wish I could get under the carpet. Lynn and I were talking about this, um, oh, I guess a week or two ago. Something, it's been recently, maybe this last week. We're just praying for our kids and, and um, just thinking about the, the stuff, our kids, and, and, we, and we both acknowledge this later, so I'll throw it as a disclaimer out first. At, um, in, our, in our early 20s to mid-20s, we, we were very naive, and we were, we were chasing after God. We were wanting God to do things, but we just didn't really know a lot, right? You, you, you think you do, but you don't kind of think. Because we've been praying for our kids, I just want them to have a very profound um, experience with God. I don't want them just to go to church, and and they have. I'm, all three of my children, we know we've we've watched this at different times over the years, where they have had these very profound experiences. But but now they're adults, and I, and I don't know. I'm not around them all the time, and when I am, it's discouraging sometimes. And um, but but I want them to have a very profound move of God on their life. And and, and I, when I say kids, I mean my. My daughter-in-law's too. I want them to have a profound experience with God where it, it transforms them in that moment. Not over time, but it is so profound at that moment that, they, that their, their will is broken, their life is broken, their mind is, is, is completely open to Him and that they are broken and weeping before the Lord. Guys, by the way, I pray that for our church all the time. I pray that for all of us here. So let me, let me put it out in the form of a question. When is the last time God moved on you so profoundly that all you could do was weep? Think about what I'm saying. If you say never, it's okay. This is not a condemnation thing. Say, oh, it's been years. I'm going to hell. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is go there. Just go there. Where? Just You say, well, how do I do that? Just get alone with God. And and don't get up until that happens. That's the simple, that's the simple way for for to move forward with that. Say, well, how do how do I really let the Holy Spirit take over? Don't get up until He does. Plan on spending a while. Not, I'm not saying twenty or thirty minutes. I mean, you may spend half a day. You may spend hours on your face before God, saying God. And you say, well, I don't have that kind of time then I guess that's the answer. Think, think about that. When's the last time that the Holy Spirit so moved on you, you, you couldn't even say anything? You, you were, your words didn't, don't, they're not big enough. They don't mean enough. We, we read this out of Joe this last week. Where were you when all of these things happened? These are these are profundities that that eclipse the way we think about creation and uh, us in the middle of creation, God's hand, His power, all of this kind of stuff. Where were you? Where were you when He did anything? Where were you? So that's where we say, okay, God, I need to recognize sometimes, and I don't. I have to be careful how we say this because sometimes we can take this too far, and I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm not worth anything. That's not what I'm saying. But guys, in comparison to God, we really are, we are insignificant nothings in comparison to Him. That's why the story that He wants to have a relationship with you, and He secured that relationship by dying on the cross, is such a big story. This isn't a peer of yours that died on the cross for you. This is the transcendent King of everything. This is the God over everything. This is the God that is literally Pluto is right here and the sun is right here. That's that's the God we serve. And he's so big. He, he warrants. He deserves us just saying, God, I need to I need to spend some time with you I need to lock myself in with you. I need to go there. And I and I, I don't know what that looks like for you in your life. I, I do know that I am in a different stage of life. Now, I don't have kids running around the house. Okay? I get that. But I have spent many, many, many times over the years with kids and everything. Put them to, to bed. Go, go to the living room. Go to the garage. I, I have always had a key to the church. Um, and just go spend time with God. Lock yourself in. If you've got a spare bedroom, tell your spouse, I'm going to go in there for a few hours. I'll see you in the morning. Lock yourself in. And don't get up until you have been changed. And you'll know what that is. It's not just, man, I feel better. No, push past that. That's outer court stuff. Oh, God, I feel you moving in my spirit. I'm, I'm feeling repentant. Okay, that's, that's inner court stuff. Go all the way into his throne room where you can't even move because he's God and he has not said move you're just on your face don't get up until you do That's, that literally and again I'm not trying to say this in a, in a condemning way but that literally is your choice we choose we, we choose those things <clears throat> Verse 22 of Job 38. Anybody want to say anything about any of that before I, we jump into this? Nothing? Have you visited... No, we already, we already did that. Verse 25, right? No, no, verse 22. Have you visited the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of snow? of hail. I, I, I think that's a weird way to say that. Storehouses, that means like a bunch of snow stored up somewhere and God dumps it out. It's kind of what it sounds like he's saying, right? Um, but why would he use the term storehouses here for snow? I, I have an idea. I don't think there's a right or wrong, well, there's probably wrong answers, but I don't know if there's a right answer here, but I have an idea why he uses the word storehouses. You know, Yeah, he does. He has all of us know. (laughs) Um, Here's a posit that I have, okay? So everything that we've seen God describe, he describes it in such a way that the more we learn about it over time, scientifically, the more his descriptions work. Are you following me with that? You know, 500 years ago, you read some of these descriptions like, oh, that's cool, but then we have scientific development that says, oh, this is how that happens, and then we realize, oh, wait a second, the way he's saying that, he, he knew the science before the science was science, right? So where does snow come from? Clouds. Right. It, condensation, evaporation, and then you have moisture in the clouds. And then how does it get to snow? Because rain's different, right? Rain's not solid. So it condensates until it gets heavy for rain, and then rain falls. But snow stays up in there a while. And hail stays up there even more, longer. So, so it keeps revolving and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Think about it. It's a tiny little speck, and then it gets bigger and bigger, bigger, bigger kind of thing. So maybe the storehouses are the clouds he's talking about. I don't know. Just thought I'd throw that out. There. Verse 23, I have reserved them as weapons for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war. You mean He uses snow and hail as, as um, things to hinder us with? I mean, it says that, doesn't it? He beat him up pretty bad in Egypt. What was that? He beat him up pretty bad in Egypt. Yeah, He did. <laughs> I like the way you said, He beat him up pretty bad in Egypt. I agree. Um, I, guys, we, we know. Th- this is the part where we have so far come to this. See, this is something that I, I have seen this said different times by different voices over the years in Christianity. And they get attacked for it every time. When, when Pat Robertson, after 9-11, when Pat Robertson said, We have turned against God and this is the beginning of God's judgment upon us. The church beat him up. Serious. Because why? Oh, you, don't, you can't say things like that. God doesn't do Well, Well, when did he stop doing that? When, when was the time frame when he said, wait, I'm changing. I'm no longer doing that stuff. Whatever that stuff is. Okay, I'm just going to switch. Um, when, when, does, when do we get to that stuff? Doesn't matter. Put anything you want in there. We, we've seen a lot of things over the years. i 'm doing my part, Mike so we 've seen a lot of things over the years where where um, where God is changing things God is doing stuff god is, is, um, is uh, he used, okay so the Old Testament we see where God uses this stuff directly, he even says many different times. Because you have sinned, I have shut up the heavens. Because you have sinned, I have caused this um, war to happen. Because you have sinned, I have caused this, uh, these, this calamity, this, this um, work of nature kind of thing. We see that all through the scripture. Then all of a sudden, we get to the New Testament, people say, well, well actually, we get 200 years past the cross, and, God, and everybody says, no, God doesn't do that stuff anymore. He doesn't do the gifts of the Spirit. He doesn't do miracles. He doesn't do uh, supernatural things. He does not uh, bring some kind of judgment to people, groups, and all that kind of stuff. Except that it's all through history, too. And God says it right there. I store up this stuff because I'm going to use it. And sometimes it's going to be to get your attention. Sometimes it's going to be to, to beat them up real good. Right? Guys, we've got to to stay away from just assuming that's not going to happen. Because why? Well, because we've graduated into a higher enlightenment of Christianity. That's really the idea behind it. We have the age of reasoning. And so now because we are intellectual reasoning folks, that has actually changed the hand of God in our lives. Think about that. We have graduated into a place Or God doesn't do the stuff he used to do. Now he waits on us instead of us waiting on him. Now he, think about this, now he does what we demand and claim rather than what what he wants for our life. We boldly come into the throne room of God, and people have so perverted that part of the scripture, and tell God what we want. We demand from God. You say, people say that? I have sat in services and listened to that. We demand from God. Okay, you go ahead. That's not my thing. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna crawl into the throne room on my face before God and say because I believe even being in the throne room is a bold move. Then you say to God, "You you you are hallowed above everything, God. I have a petition." Yeah, yeah. You if you can manipulate him. If you can, whatever. you know? God, I'll do this if you do this. All right, God, I'll, I'll become a priest. <laughs> if whatever. Like God's like, finally, that's what I've been waiting on. I need more priests. So, so I think we got to be careful. I, I really think these kind of things like what Pat Robertson said were true. But it's amazing how the church will reject that so easily. I don't know if it was a direct punishment. I'm saying back to 9-11 because that's when he said it. I don't know if it was a punishment, but I would definitely, definitely say it was at least we had pushed God away so far. We don't want him here. We don't want his covering. We don't want his protection. He said, okay, but you have no idea what's coming your way. You have no. I'm sorry. What? It is a consequences. I believe that. We're we're still seeing. They're getting worse and worse and worse because we still we. 9/11 happened, and it took about two weeks for everybody to get over that. Right. I don't know where all you guys were, but I remember very specifically. It was a Tuesday. It was the day after Monday Night Football. Eddie McCaffrey broke his leg. Literally, I I'm not picking on. Lynn. I am picking on him. She said like three weeks later. She said, "Why is nobody talking about Ed McCaffrey's broken leg?" I'm like nine eleven. That's why they're not. But he was her man. So, um, but so that Tuesday night, I'm watching all this stuff. It's it's, I I, I mean, you guys, some of you are actually probably are too young to remember this, but. I'm sitting there watching. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but I'm sitting there watching that, and I just, it hurt me. I couldn't. And then when that plane flew into that second tower, and everybody just went, this is terrorism. Before we thought, maybe, possibly, okay, but, you know, that. and then that second plane right into the middle of that thing, and everybody just. So I went over to the church that night. and I just I just went in and sat on the front of the stage and just sat there, and then pretty soon, the place was full of people. I didn't call anybody. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't send out any emails. I, didn't do, I just went and sat on the stage and just began to pray. And literally, I remember looking up, and there's like 20 people. I was like, wow. And then I just began to pray again. I look up, and the place was packed. I mean, you couldn't get any more people. There were people standing in the foyer just praying. How long did it take us to get over that? think about what I'm saying. Think about what I'm saying. That was our wake-up call, I think. And we blinked. That's all we did. We didn't wake up. We blinked. Guys, look at look at what he says. I have reserved them as weapons for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war. Where's the path to the source of light? Where do you... Where do you go to get to the source of light? That's actually, I think, kind of a, um, a, um, a, like a double entendre there. Do you, we do know where the source of light is. Who? Where is it? I almost missed it. It's Jesus. We know Jesus is source of light. So, what is the path to the source of light? That's the question. How do you get to the source of light? How do you get to Jesus? Salvation. Oh, submission. Both of those are true. Submission. How do you how do you submit yourself to get to Jesus? This, I think this is a good question. Let's unpack it a little bit. How do you submit yourself? And it, it might be unique. I think it is a little unique to all of us. But there's some some similarities. How do you submit yourself to get to Jesus? Aiden. Yeah, you don't have to qualify it. We, we, we understand. As we say these things, nobody's perfect, but, but this is the reality. What you're saying is true. The first thing that you're saying with submission is that you're giving up your control over your time, your morning, whatever the case is, and you're saying, "God, I dedicate that that to you." That's a that's a form of submission. Um, spiritual disciplines, reading your Bible, praying—those are forms of submission. Why? Because to go to your word, to the Bible, and open the Bible, you know, I know, sometimes we may not think about this, but to go to the Bible, open the Bible, and begin to, to read the Bible means a few things. What are you saying? What are you saying when you do that? Okay? Where's the answers? They're in the Bible. So so that's a submission thing, isn't it? And that that discipline is a submission. I don't have the answer, so I'm going to the Bible. Okay? Okay. Um, what is, what is um, another thing that you're saying, kind of along the same lines? Okay, I want to know what you have to say. Um, when you couple the, the Bible with uh, prayer, you're, I think you're also bridging another thing. Not only do I want to know what you have to say, God, but I want to know what you have to say to me, specifically to me. What's another thing? We're all kind of taking it for granted, but we skipped over something that's huge. Okay, so which God are you talking about? Well, there's a lot of people that use the term God. If you're sitting in a room with Hindus, Buddhists, uh, Muslims, everything, when you say God and they say, what God are you talking about? How can you? Okay. Okay. Um, so Jesus is God. Well, how do you know that here's the here's the reason because I'm saying that because of what Paul said Why do you go to the Bible because it has answers, and you say, well, you're serving God. Well, why do you go to the Bible for those answers? Yes, that's the thing, is it's God's word. Which God do you serve? The God of the Bible. I don't serve the God of any other religious book. I, don't serve, I serve the God of the Bible. That's why when I open my Bible, I know that the answers are there for me because he's God over everything. He's God over all other gods. He's God, that's why I open the Bible. If not, I could open a different religion. I could open the Book of Mormon. But I'm not serving that God. I'm serving the God of the, of the Bible. And, by the way, Jesus doesn't necessarily answer all the stuff because the Jesus in the Book of Mormon and the Jesus in Islam is not the same Jesus. So, so and I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to pick. I'm saying the reason I open the Bible is because I have already determined within myself, God is the answer for me. God is my answer. God is my hope. God is my direction, and 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 that's why I open the Bible. And that's why I also have the New Testament, not just the Old Testament, because it's not just the God, the the singular God of the Old Testament that Judaism has limited it to. It's also Jesus of the Trinity, and He dies on the cross. So that's why I open the New Testament, right? So so then, why do I pray? Why do I? What is prayer? Why do I pray? I'm talking to who? The, yeah, I'm not trying to pick on. I didn't. I didn't hear you. <laughs> I didn't hear you. I wasn't trying to. The God of the Bible. I'm. I whatever. With the God you're saying. I don't. <laughs> so, so you're talking to God, right? That's what prayer is, right? Talking to God. Well, why would you talk to God rather than? Um, an angel, or Mary, or somebody else. Why are you talking to God? Because he—he, he, it's faith that he is the only. He's the answer. He's the only. I believe. I truly believe. Do you realize that prayer is a statement of faith? It's a submission. It's a surrender. Opening the Bible and beginning to read is a statement of faith, and it's a submission. Now we can keep those very topical, and we can keep them plastic. But but we need to also learn to dig dig deeper into each of those things, deeper into the Bible, deeper into prayer. So those are submission things, disciplines, spiritual disciplines are submission. Now at the same time, spiritual discipline can become disciplines can become a legalistic rote. Right, I catch myself doing this even with reading the Bible. Read the Bible every day. Read the Bible every day. Read the Bible every day. Well. well um, that's why I, I, the one-year Bible is a great thing. But here's, here's something also. Just sometimes just mix it up and jump ahead a few books. Throw yourself off. You say, well, I will never finish. The goal may not necessarily be getting from cover to cover. Although that's important, too, because there's some things. No, nobody, ever, uh, nobody ever picks, you know, Micah to read. But there's good stuff in Micah nobody ever chooses leviticus right so it's a journey listen to the holy spirit and and jump around and and um whatever he's telling you Yeah, yeah, that that's huge. You know, we, we, we do this when we pray for our food. God, bless this to my body. And that's just physical food. And then we step into spiritual food, which is way bigger. And sometimes we don't ask the Lord to bless it to our body, our spirit, our mind. It's our daily bread. Open that thing up and, and pray over this. God, speak to me with this. Show me things. He'll do it too. You pray like that. And all of a sudden, your reading begins to change, and you're seeing things you haven't seen before. And God is speaking to you a lot more clearly through Scripture, to you personally. Right? So, again, disciplines, discipline can, can, spiritual disciplines can become uh, legalism if we're not careful. But one only thing you have to do with that is just make sure pray over your disciplines. Pray over that stuff. I, I've prayed before, like fasting. Um, I don't like to fast. Nobody likes to fast. But I, but I pray ahead of time, specifically when I know I need to get to somewhere spiritually. I need to get to, I need to, I need God to do some things, change. I, I fast basically for two reasons. The, really, the one is the scriptural strong thing. But I think as a pastor, I can say it a second. But I pray, I fast because God, I need you to break, I need you to break me down a little bit. I feel like I'm um, to me. I'm too fleshy. I'm, too, I'm too, um, too me. I know what I mean when I say that. You don't. But I know when I say I'm too me, I know that's not a good thing. And so I, I fast, and I, and I pray ahead of time, Lord, help me to fast. Help me to fast because I, I really want to get closer to you, and I know this is the way to do it. I want to hear you better, and I know this is the way to do it, so please help me. Especially Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I need help. Wednesday, I need help, right? You see what I'm saying? Same thing. Um, Joy said this, I think, at the prayer meeting Monday night. You know, we, we, we all prayed the same thing. Teach me to pray. Don't you want the Lord to teach you how to talk to him? We Do, with our, do we do that with our spouses, or you should? Teach me to communicate with you, right? All I got is, but I need, I need more. I need help. Teach me to communicate with you. Same thing. Teach me to worship, right? Teach me to worship you. There's all kinds of things. If we can do this, and then you just spend some time. Just spend time with him. Just, just shut everything off and spend time with him. Even to the point where, I don't think this is bad, but I do bring this out every now and then just to make us think about it, is sometimes you need to turn your worship music off. And and worship him, from you. Or just sit quietly, with nothing. Man, that is so difficult for us to do in this country. Just sit quietly. Just listen. Worship music is great; it's fine, but somewhere the Lord wants to hear your words, not somebody else's words. Right? Write him a song. Write him a poem. Nobody ever has to hear it. But, but but God would love it, wouldn't? Don't you think he would? Don't you think he would? My, my granddaughter sang me a song this morning. Her cheeks are so fat, she can't get all the words done right. I don't know for sure what some of them are. But I got the tune, so we were grooving. I don't care if she's just making up words, which I think she is. That's the greatest song. I thought about that this morning. She said, Papa, sing with me. I was like, I will. I don't know what we're singing. It was a song to Emily, my daughter. She was online, too. So we sang Emmy, Emmy, Emmy. But me and her singing together. That's the best song I've sang in a long time. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't you like to just sit there and God say, man, that is great? Tell him, sing with me. He'll like it. I mean, I make a little bit of a joke, but you guys understand what I'm saying. Don't don't you think God just likes spending time with us? Just spending time with us. The sentence again. Where is the path to the source of light? Where is the home of the east wind? Who created a channel for the torrents of rain? Who laid out a I, I laid out the path for the lightning? There is not a path for the lightning. You know that, right? Every lightning has its own uniqueness. We, we know the, the science behind it, but that's still a thing that, that we just go, ah, oh, wow, that's, that did happen. See, we know the science behind it, but we can't predict when it's going to happen or where it's going to happen. Or, we know the science behind it. It's, it's looking for a ground, right? But you can't draw the path. You can't do that. I've I've tried to take pictures of lightning before, the only way I can figure out how to do it is when you think it's about to happen, you hit the button a bunch, and you hope it happens, right? And then you got people that get those amazing pictures. Do you realize that God knew the path of that lightning before and when and all that kind of stuff? He he just, who makes the rain fall on the barren land in a desert where no one lives, who sends rain to satisfy the parched ground and make the tender grass spring up? Does the rain have a father who gives birth to the dew? Who is the mother of the ice? Do you notice that father was over rain and and mothers were over cold cold ice? You, you let us speak too. I'm not Who gives birth to the frost from the heavens? For the water turns to ice as hard as rock, and the surface of the water freezes. I know I've mentioned this before, but this is a great little thing here. It says the surface of the water freezes. I did a study a couple years ago. I I mentioned it a a few times. I mentioned it in a couple services right after that, talking about the grandeur of God and the majesticness of God, that um, water is one of the most unique substances on the earth. You guys remember me talking about that some? He says that the surface of the water freezes. Do you realize that water has to freeze the way that it does to keep the planet going? If water froze like other things freeze, um, the the planet would be destroyed. The the simple way that water freezes and then hardens and does that by the movement of molecules, it, it keeps... Um, oceans from freezing over. It keeps rivers that can freeze over will come will come back in the spring, those kind of things. Uh, water, you should just do this sometime. Just Google what makes water so unique. And there's there's about 10 or 15 things that you'll just go, I knew that, but I didn't know I didn't know that. Do you need care? Can you direct the movement of the stars, binding the cluster of Pleiades and loosening the cords of Orion? Can you direct the constellations through the seasons or guide the bear with her cubs across the heavens? You know that constellation, right? Do you know the laws of the universe? Can you use them to regulate the Earth? Can you do? See, see that sentence right there. I've used that sentence many times, talking about can you use them to regulate the Earth. Can you destroy this planet? No. You are not big enough. Don't be that arrogant. And neither is your car. Don't be that arrogant. I am. <laughs> if anything could do it, my jeep could. Um, this is, this is, this is one of the bases of that. I think. Now now a lot more people are saying this. When I started start saying this 15 to 20 years ago, when, when environmentalism first started happening and going green, all that stuff was first getting traction, I used to say this, and people would argue with me and say that I didn't love the planet and all kinds of stuff. Guys, um, environmentalism is a, is a um, religion. It's, it's just like all the other isms out there. It's a control technique. It's a lot of things, but it is a religion. And, it, and now there's a lot of people that are saying this and doing this because we finally woke up a little bit. We say woke. All the people that, when society is using the term woke today, you know what they mean? Not woke. They mean closed minded. What? Climate change, all that kind of stuff. The, the, the wokeness is not woke. You know what's woke? Knowing that Jesus created this planet. That's woke. I'm serious. When, when I hear people use it, well, they're woke, I think, no, they're stupid. But but here's the thing is it's, it's a religion. So every religion has a sin. What's the sin of environmentalism? What? No, I'm saying from their perspective. Their, their religion is... The environmentalism. What is their sins? Um, any kind of petroleum, carbon-based stuff. Those are sins. Um, I, I, the other day, just this happened like two weeks ago. Um, oh, what's his name? Born, I didn't, Matt Damon. He flew on his private jet all the way to Australia to go to a climate change conference. How much hypocrisy is that? He's using more with that plane than I'll use all year long with my Jeep. So that's the sin. So what is the redemption of environmentalism? Yeah, I don't even really know how that works. But yeah, buying carbon credits, that's a redemption. What's another one? Windmills, that's redemption. That's huge redemption. It's not redemption for the birds. It kills them. But, but what's another thing? Recycling. Yeah, ride your bike to, to work. That's, that's, a, that's a huge one now. That's, that's going to get more. You, that one is, is prophetic. That was going to get more and more and more strong in our country. It's already happened in many places around the world, but it's about to really come to America where they're going to try to start figuring out how to limit people from having a lot of kids. Yeah. I, I've talked to Chinese people in China about this. Now, they, they are very hesitant to talk to you because you, they're talking against the government. But um, when, when they – and this is where when you talk to Christians, that the story changes. If they're non-Christians and they have a kind of a pagan mentality, they'll do everything they can to make sure that they don't have a girl. They'll give them up or they will um, abort them or whatever uh, because they need a boy. But Christians will say, no, if, that's, if we're only allowed to have one and it's a girl, then it's a girl. We trust God. And that's, that's actually a witnessing, impacting um, conversation to have with people in China. I'm saying from Chinese people to Chinese people. It's a witnessing tool. God created this child. We can't do away with it. That's, that's big. Okay? Okay. And you can do that, by the way, with almost anything. What I just did with environmentalism: what's the sin? What's the redemption? Every every ism in today's society has the sins and it has the redemption. Okay, the whole transgender thing: there's the sins and there's redemption. The um, uh, the, um, uh, the when you're crossing the border, all the immigration crazy. You know, I I had a revelation the other day. I think I've I've mentioned this, but it really kind of sunk home to me. A lot of you have been asking me, am I going to get the uh, vaccine, am I not going to get the vaccine? Now, here's the thing. You do what you want. I'm not trying to convince you one way or another. But here's the reality that I don't think that that, that the average conservative is processing. I've seen all the stuff. I do not believe it's healthy for you. That's my personal choice. I, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I don't think it's beneficial. Okay? You Get the vaccine if you want. That's your deal. But here's the thing with me. Who is pushing it so strong? That should make you open your eyes. Who is pushing it so strongly? And don't say the, the medical... Field because they're not. It's about 50-50 in the medical field. In fact, the statistics are saying right now that less than half of medical personnel are getting the vaccine, less than half, okay? Who's pushing it? When, when you, I, no, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying let's get down to who every single day, CNN, MSNBC, the, the liberals, they're pushing, 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 liberalism is pushing it that at least ought to make you pause Yeah. This is the yeah it's your call um, i've i've had people that got it came to me and said did i do wrong well, it, at this point, it's irrelevant. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, it only lasts for 90 days, so just don't get it again. Um, but here's the thing with that. Literally, it's your decision. You do what you want to do. It's not, that is not somebody else's decision. I'm just saying do your homework first, and then, and this is always a thing for me, I always pay attention. Who seems to be so in favor of it? If they are so in favor of it, and I don't trust them, I don't trust why they're in favor of it. That's the key for me, yes, sir death along, along the way. yeah yeah um verse thirty four can you shout to the clouds and make it rain? Can you make lightning appear and cause it to strike as you direct? Who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind? He switches gears, and these are pretty, pretty huge questions. Who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind? That's great because God does that stuff for us, doesn't He? Have you ever, um, um, have you ever had a real strong feeling? Uh, don't do this, or don't go there, or you should do this. Have you ever had a really strong feeling like that? And we call it intuition or something like that. I think the Holy Spirit is speaking to us all the time. That's, that's what intuition, I think that's what intuition is. And, I, and, and Paul says that's what our conscience is. Is our conscience is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. I think that stuff happens. I think it happens all the time. I'll give you another one that sometimes as, as a Christian, I, I, I'm not supposed to say this stuff, but I believe the Scripture teaches this. I believe I have a guardian angel. Maybe more than one, and that angel is trying to protect me. That's what Scripture says. So we don't like what's your guarding angel's name? What Clarence? <laughs> I think we all know that, right? <laughs> yeah, his wings now. I didn't want him like he used to be, right? But 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 guys, we, there's things in Scripture that we God is trying to speak to us and and because of the because of the age of science and reasoning we've taken a lot of things these things off the table just just the nudging of the holy spirit saying don't do that and you just say well I don't know why but I'm just I'm just not going to do that um who was it that was telling me this oh um, Tara was saying this about her mother. Her mother and a bunch of ladies were going to go to lunch, and then she was going to do travel and all stuff, and her mother just felt like not going and just changed her mind, didn't go. And all the other four ladies caught COVID, and she didn't. Do you think that stuff happens? Of course it happens. All the time it happens. But we've got to be in the mindset. We've got to be in the frame mind saying, Lord, are you speaking to me? learn. This is another prayer. We we said, teach me to pray. Teach me to hear your voice. Teach me to hear you. Teach me to listen to you. Show me what that is. That's why we have to spend those times when we're on our face before God and just being quiet because we're learning to listen. Read the story of of Eli and um, Samuel. Read it about 50 times until it starts getting in your spirit, getting in your spirit get in your spirit i was i was in my office the other day and i heard a voice speaking to me there was nobody else in the building it was after hours i was the only one here the doors weren't even unlocked all the lights were off just me in my office and i hear a voice talking then i heard it talking again i thought i i have two choices i can lock my door and hide Or I can wander around. So I I walked in here, because this is the obvious place you start, right? Walked in the sanctuary. I heard the voice talking, but it wasn't in the sanctuary. I walked out in the hall, it was in the hallway. Our walkie-talkies were picking up some frequency from something. And I'm hearing this, dude. Are you good buddy? How you doing out there? I was like, I did not know God called me good buddy. I did. It did freak me out Cause, because it wasn't like just, you know, I'm standing there like for four or five minutes. Hey, what you doing? <laughs> Literally that, okay, so. <laughs> Who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind? Who is wise enough to count all the clouds? Who can tilt the water jars of heaven? When the parched ground is dry and the soil has hardened into clods, can you stalk prey for a lioness and satisfy the young lion's appetites as they lie in their dens or crouch in the thicket? Who provides food for the ravens when their young cry out to God and wander about in hunger? Because you, know, you know he could just keep going on and on and on and on with this. This, this, could, be, this could be as big as the Bible by itself. The scriptures in the Old Testament say, you, you, the, the all the all the acts of this king are found in this other book that we've we we do not know we don't know where it is, the Book of the Kings kind of thing, not First Second Kings." You understand what I'm saying? There's a different book. So the same thing about Jesus: all the works of Jesus could not be contained within a book. God is so big, guys. So let me let me leave you with this. We're going to actually end on time tonight. I'm turning over a new leaf. Tonight only. Tonight only. Don't expect it next week. Here's the thing. Let me let me push again with this. When's the last time that you just got on your face before God and you didn't get up until he completely changed you? That you got on your face before God and you you allowed him to break down all of the stuff and all of the... Shells and all of the walls and all of the calluses we've built up and all the things until you were just broken before him when's the last time that's happened? Because whatever your answer it's too long, whatever your answer it's too long get get with God, get with god i I thought about that the other night because. Um, somebody had said, it was one of the younger couples around here, but they were, they said something about, um, when you get older, do you still hold hands? Um, you know, when Linda and I hold hands the most, tell them Linda, when we go to bed at night, we hold hands when we're sleeping. It's better than cuddling. Cause you sweat when you cuddle. Right. Am I right? Spooning's only good until all of a sudden the spoons are sliding all over the place, falling out of bed. <laughs> or you're like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of stories I like to tell right now, but I'm not going to So see I have some self-control. <laughs> but uh I was thinking about this cuz I was laying there in bed and I and I wake up um well I almost always wake up around 2 but I wake up a few times during the night and and I'm laying there and I woke up and and we were still holding hands and it was like 3 or 4 hours later which is not that common I don't think right you move around and stuff we're still holding hands and I checked her pulse she was alive so <laughs> I um I uh I'd fallen asleep praying for her, and I, and I continued praying for her in the middle of the night. And I, and I just paused for a minute because I thought to myself, you know, this is just a mental picture, okay? But I just, I just see God sitting on the foot of the bed holding hands with us. Like, this is fun, guys. I like this. And he's just sitting there staring at you. yeah you're like, no, um, but just talking to God, just talking to God and just spending time with him, right? Because we can do that. You can do that tonight, go to bed a little earlier and spend a little more time and just talk to him. Go to sleep talking to God, go to sleep holding God's hand. Nothing better, nothing better. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you. Lord, we love you so much. God, we're amazed by you. We're amazed by your grace and your mercy. We're amazed by your love for us. And God, all intertwined with that is that you are so big, so powerful, so holy, And yet you still just want to hang out with us. God, humble us before you. Lord, I believe that's where we have to start. We've got to be humbled before you. That we submit ourselves to you. You're the king, Jesus. So Lord, I just pray this over every one of us. that, that, That you will pull us towards you and that we will spend time with you. That we will... Chase after you. That we will we will section off times of our life that we can just be with you. Nothing else, no phones, no computers, no no music. Just you, and, and us. And then God help us just to just to, to fall into you, to your spirit, your presence we thank you. We thank you for the the gift that you give us of you. So Lord, bless us. Bless our time of prayer. Bless our, our church at large. Bless us, Lord. And we thank you for loving us. And Lord, we know you love our country too. Fix our country. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Go start, oh yes, we need your help tearing down chairs. Don't tear the chairs down, take them apart. She's got a plan, she has a plan. So after that, go get in your cars and destroy the earth.